Well, welcome everyone to the Balthazar NFT Gaming Podcast for our 13th episode. Today, we have one of the founders from STG Football, which is a NFL game using NFTs of real NFL players. STG Football will team up four players and pit them against four other players and have a style that might remind you of something like NFL Blitz. So if you love American football, stay tuned to learn more about STG Football straight from the founder. Welcome everyone to the Balthazar podcast. Today we have a special guest, Jerome from STG Football. I'm super excited. Uh, Jerome, you and, and the rest of the team showed me the game we got to play. Uh, sadly, I didn't win any games, so I was a little bit bummed, but I had a ton of fun. So thanks for coming on to our podcast. Just just kick it off for our audience. Who are you? What's your role within the team? And tell us a little bit about the game. All right. Hi, yeah. Hi, Luke. Um, great to see you again. Yeah, we played the game. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, again, we... We were on the same team, right? I'm trying to remember. We've done I think so. I think we're on the same team and we lost. Um, yeah, that's uh, my team is going to give me grief about that because like we uh, we had a tournament not long ago where I also came in second, and they uh, sure will remind me of that quite a bit. Um, so who am I? Um, I'm Jerome. I'm the CEO, um, one of the co-founders of uh, Super Team Games. Um, we have uh, we're like a group of now 30 uh, employees, uh, mostly in the US. Um, we have a few people in Canada, like one person in Australia as well. Um, but mostly US-based. Uh, most of us worked on a game previously um, called, uh, or a, a studio um, called Glue Sports, which was part of Glue Mobile, which got acquired by Electronic Arts um, last year. So we've, we've worked together quite a bit. Um, actually, my three of my uh, co-founders, um, we started a company together as well, like a startup in 2012 that, uh, that we sold in 2013. So we've known each other for a long time. We're, we're good friends, not just colleagues. And um, yeah, we, we really like making those making sports games and like watching sports and all that stuff. So uh, we're just following our passion, I guess. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and was the previous game on that mobile, was that an NFL game as well or a different sport? It was, it was a baseball game. I mean, so the, the, the biggest hit that we, that we had was a game called Tap Sports Baseball. Um, it was a quite successful with a huge, huge driver of kind of that acquisition from EA. And uh, they're running it right now as part of, kind of the EA Sports Mobile group there. Nice. I feel like that's a familiar name. I feel like I may have even played that one. It was, it was, it was a big game as far as like kind of mobile sports games. Like it was, it was usually like number one, number two, depending on whether like Golf Clash was big at the time. Um, but, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a quite successful game. Well, that's yeah, that's incredible. It's awesome that you guys have had that previous uh, experience and success to build off of for now. Uh, so what was what was the transfer over to, hey, now we're going to be making an NFL game and not only an NFL game, we're jumping into this weird world of crypto and NFTs. You know, why not just stick to another mobile game that has nothing to do with crypto? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a yeah, that's great questions, like four questions in one. But let me kind of start at the beginning. Why football? Um, so we we think in general that um, kind of a lot of the existing sports franchises, especially on console, they've kind of gone with the same formula for a long time, right? I mean, again, I'm just, everybody knows which games I'm talking about, right? But they've kind of mostly, they've been the same for like 20 years, 30 years in some cases, right? And they've been, they're very, very good and they're great marketing machines. They look incredible, but kind of as far as like gameplay wise, they haven't really updated very much. They've added modes and so on, but we always felt like it's kind of time for, there's an opportunity to kind of reset and start over and kind of build games for the, the way most of the games nowadays are being played, right? And I'm just thinking of, Myself and some of our friends, like, we like to play Rocket League or we like to play, I don't know, Overwatch or League of Legends, right? And uh, my kids, they like to play Fortnite and Rocket League as well, right? And those are all games that 
you want to play online and they're free to play. And kind of that was the framework where we thought like, oh, there's, there's something there. And then there's just a handful of games out there that we always come back to that is a tremendous amount of fun uh, that we really love, like NBA Jam or NFL Blitz or a particular arcade that you are way too young for to remember called Cyberball. It was a it was a 2v2 football game with robots from the late 80s and early 90s that we just loved. And um, and kind of they had a feeling and excitement and a competitive spirit that was really hard to recreate in the, you know, in the big sports franchise. So we always thought like, hey, there's a there's an opportunity there. Those kind of games that we really want to make work better on a kind of on a bigger screen and with a real controller versus kind of a, a virtual joy pad on, on a screen, right? So um, plus the sessions are a little longer, right? The, the gameplay sessions that we are building right now, we want them to be as quick as possible, but in order for like a sports game to kind of have an ebb and flow of like taking the lead, falling behind, and then making a comeback, you kind of need a little time, right? So our play sessions right now are somewhere between 12 to 15 minutes for a full game, which is a little long for mobile. Like you really want, I mean, you know, the, the, the use cases for uh, mobile phone usage tend to be like, you know, a few minutes here and there, sometimes in the bathroom or whatever. Um, so that a lot of people don't really sit down for 20 minutes at a time um, necessarily uh, to, to play a game. So yeah, we, we absolutely, we still think mobile is a great platform. We want to get there. But I think for us, kind of the focus is going to be on kind of the PC and console space first. Awesome. And then what about that NFT space? Because again, you could just right, right, make, you right, can so, make a game on PC, right? And put it to Steam, whatever, right. and not have to deal with all this. And this is like a very new industry, very difficult thing to start, it seems like. So so why the choice for NFTs? Right. Okay. So um, again, we, we have a lot of big background in kind of free-to-play gaming. And the thing about free-to-play gaming is that, again, you, you monetize your audience with like in-game transactions, right? And um, that can feel not that great for the user at times, right? And it's um, and in order for kind of the ecosystem to work, you need to um, have what we call whales or what the industry called whales, right? Um, where people spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And kind of if you talk to these people who spend all this time and all this money into these games and uh, and then have nothing to show for it, right? Like if they're done with the game, they or if they kind of leveled up all these whatever whatever it might be units, characters, players. They love them up, they bought them, they put them into tournaments, they want stuff, but they have nothing to show for it at the end, right? And so when kind of we started getting into NFTs about like a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, um, it became real evident real fast to kind of people like me and people who do product management and free-to-play uh, gaming that NFTs are going to be a thing, right? And they're going to be they're going to be big for the space. And I think that's why you saw so many kind of game makers a year ago um, roughly, or like in some cases, six months ago, kind of jump onto it because you, it seems inevitable that like eventually, well, if I play a game and I spend thousands of dollars, well, of course I need to have something at the end of it and it's mine and I should be able to sell it instead of, I always call it, you know, renting, perpetually renting things, right? Um, that's the thing I always think it's like false advertising when you go on Amazon and says, buy this movie. It's like, no, you're not buying it, you're just perpetually renting it because it's, it's there, you can't sell it to your friend. So, um, yeah, so again, we, we think NFTs are, are, are going to be a thing, especially for free-to-play gaming. I personally think that there's kind of a fantastic intersection of um, uh, gaming, uh, NFTs, and kind of ex- introducing millions and millions of like billions of people to NFTs for the first time. And I mean, I'll talk about this a little more as we kind of speak uh, longer here, but um, I, I think it'll be the first kind of touch point for, for so many people to kind of like, gaming will be the first touch point for so many people into into crypto and we personally like a week at super team we want to make it kind of as low friction as possible right so again i can speak 
uh, to that a little bit later, but we want to make it easy for people to kind of interact with it and to not not be scary, right? And to not feel like, oh my, right? I mean, when you, I, I don't know, when you made your first MetaMask wallet, you were probably like, holy crap, this is this is weird. Oh, I, I still get tons of anxiety every time I make a larger transaction, which for me is like maybe a hundred bucks or whatever. Every time I'm like, wait, is this going through? Like I'm crossing my fingers, like I'm pretty sure I did this right, but did I? You know, it's it can bring exactly. some anxiety and stress. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's scary. And like for, for someone like us, we, I mean, right, we're paying a big license, we're trying to make a mainstream game. We want like kids and parents to be okay with like kind of getting into this product. And um, so for us, there was like a pretty clear path for us, like, hey, we're going to make this as kind of as easy to use as possible. And that, yeah, that comes, for example, with the, like a custodial wallet, for example. But anyways, we'll, yes, we'll talk about that later. But I, I think that's, why I just want to explain, that's our approach, right? And our philosophy about like, if we want something that's kind of can go big and be a huge success, it has to be easy to use and accessible, right? And a lot of the Web3 stuff right now isn't. Yeah, I love that philosophy. And I think that's, we share the same values here. I mean, Balthazar isn't creating a game, but we are helping games because we see that same thing. You know, we want people into NFTs and crypto. We want to make it easy because right now, as you just said, it's a mess. It's scary. It is not, you know, the typical gamer isn't going to jump through all the hoops that are currently there now. And so we need to figure out different solutions. So I love that you guys are already thinking about that. Um, I want to take a step back from the NFTs though for a second and just talk about the NFL players because what I think makes this game unique and such a big success is that you guys are actually going to be able to have NFL or sorry NFT NFL players, which we haven't really seen other projects as far as I'm aware of. I haven't seen anyone do that. So how did you go about getting the rights to this? I, I know that there's other those sports games that you mentioned earlier that have made it hard on other games to get the rights to these players. Uh, was that a struggle for the team? How did you guys go up about getting that? Yeah, so um, very good question. Again, we are, we are pretty lucky that we have a, a good relationship with some of kind of the the representatives of uh, of the uh, players associations um, because of our past experience with with Major League Baseball. And um, yeah, and so we have we have WWE licensed um, kind of games as well, and all those people kind of work in the industry. And um, so we we had kind of like an in and and some friends in uh, who kind of were able to kind of give us some FaceTime and kind of uh, give us the ability to kind of pitch our idea and what we want to build. And yeah, I mean, I think right now there's, there's a handful of projects that I know of that also have kind of a similar license in slightly different segments, right? I think we are, we are the, the, <laughs> the gamiest of them all, the one that's like um, most, uh, well, going to be the most kind of like action arcade and like uh, easy to play game. So, um, so yeah, we are, we're super excited. And again, we're, we're thankful for the guys at the NFLPA to kind of like work with us. Cause if you look at who else has these licenses, that's some much, much bigger players and not like little startups like us. Right. So again, we're, we're excited. Um, we think for what we're building, we need to have it. Right. I mean, it's like, again, if you have an NFT of Patrick Mahomes versus an NFT of random quarterback, right. It's it, the value prop is different. And as a, as a game maker, it is kind of fun. And I just want to explain this real quick, right? If you make like an, a fantasy game and you have like a, a magical sword and it's really, really good, well, how do you explain that it's really good, right? You have to give it a cool name and you have to give it flames and all that stuff. I'm just telling you, this is Tom Brady. And if you know football, you know that this guy is really good, right? And there's just like an inherent value prop. And then if you're a fan like me, right, you get excited about it. I'm a huge 49ers fan, right? Like I want all the 49ers. I'm going <laughs> to be like the biggest whale of the day. The game goes live and I'm going to buy as many 49ers as I can find. Um, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so important, as you said, to have the actual player because 
if you're someone that is watching the NFL or NBA or whatever, you want to go play Madden or NFL Blitz or whatever the game is with the actual player. You don't want the random person that you kind of mentioned. I've seen other projects do that where it's like instead of the soccer player being Christian, Christian Ronaldo, Ronaldo or whatever, it's like Christian Ronaldo or whatever. Like they just flip the letters and you're like, OK, that's funny, I guess, for like maybe a minute or two. But in reality, like that's not going to last. Right. Uh, so that's pretty awesome that you guys have that actual ability to do that. Yeah, and again, we, we we think it's core to the experience, and you want to you want to be a fan. But I mean, that's the one thing too. Everyone made a good game, but we want to tap into what it's you know you can play with your favorite favorite players and with your buddies who bring their favorite players, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of the gameplay, I, I've noticed from the gameplay test, which I had a lot of fun with, but it's definitely uh, unique in terms of gameplay. I think the biggest factor, you know, if people are coming from Madden or Blitz or other things, is you guys are starting off with four v four team play. So you guys. Uh, are saying, hey, you need to team up with at least three other players, and uh, you get one character for the whole game, well, two if you count offense and defense, rather than like, hey, I'm one player, I control the whole team in Madden, right? So what's the philosophy, what's the value there uh, of this choice of going 4v4 rather than the 1v1 style? Yeah, so I mean, again, you that that's the core of it all, right? We spend a lot of time thinking about how this could work, and we, we've kind of always had a gripe with what we call player switching, Right, because like you, you like you're one guy now, and then your other guy like you throw the ball and then you catch it, or like in in the soccer games, right? You pass the ball and uh, you you can switch players. And not only is that well, it should be confusing. People have gotten used to it over time, right? But it's not really all that intuitive if you were to explain it to people. And then again, if you look at what people are playing online nowadays, in like in League of Legends, or in Fortnite, or in Rocket League, or in Fall Guys, or whatever, you're not switching players. You you're one guy, right? You bring in your guy, you make them yours, right? You can customize them. You can, you know, like you have special animations that your character does, right? And we've always thought about like, oh, that that's how that should work. And and then we talked about kind of like how how the gameplay can be designed for co uh, cooperative gameplay from the ground up, right? And then it's also different. It makes it, it kind of means that you design the, the gameplay in, in different ways, right? So, um, so yeah, so we, again, we, we built a prototype and we played it. It was really good. And, um, and again, this, this is one thing that we always think back to. Um, it's this arcade 2v2 cyberball. And the one thing about it was that it was fun to play defense. And that's the one, like, again, every other game I've played, it's like, you, defense, you just wait until you have the ball again, right? You actually, you're not excited about that. But because there was multi, like, you played with multiple guys in the team, and the way the game was designed, that it was strategy, um, right, in, like, in who does what, and um, that was kind of key to, to, to make it fun to actually play defense and you feel like you can make a difference instead of just waiting until the other team scores. Um, and we've actually, yeah, I mean, it, it works this way. And that was one of my favorite moments when, um, when we set up the game, uh, kind of played competitively internally, and we had voice chat going just with our teammates. And you can actually just then discuss strategy um, as, as the play kind of like in, uh, kind of happens. And you can tell your buddies, like, hey, all right, you take Tyreek Hill, I take you know, I'm, I'm covering George Kittle here. Um, and and then actually have that play out. It is, that was like the moment when I was like, holy cow, this is going to be so good, right? And um, yeah, so um, I have to think about, yeah, so 4v4 is human controlled. So there's a the thing about, we could in theory make all of the characters or all the players on the field make human, uh, human controlled, but there's the part about linemen in football in particular, where it's not it's not super fun to be like, you know, a left tackle, right? Um, so. That is, and and it makes it gives us a good opportunity to kind of pace the game through some AI characters, right? So there's there's three AI characters per team, and then there's four human 
controlled uh, players uh, on each team. So it's 77, but it's really 4v4 human play. Yeah, I, I think as you're talking about it, I not only think about having fun with friends and teaming up with them, but I also think about the potential for esports and tournaments as well. Because one of the things, uh, you know, I, I know my perspective maybe is limited, but I like watching things like League of Legends and Valorant, CSGO, because I want to root for a team. I want to root for Cloud9 or Team Liquid and actually get behind them rather than, hey, that Madden player versus this Madden player. It's like, okay, cool, I can watch a football game, but I don't get as attached to as a single player as I do from watching a team in an organization that you know is around for a decade or something like that, right? So I think there's also a cool potential there for, hey, you actually have a team that can rotate players of four around in an esport throughout years and, and still maintain the brand. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly the plan. I mean, I'll, I'll give you the kind of the little story that when we played that internal tournament, we had some prizes as well. When the final was happening, there was like the entire company was watching, right? And we again, we, we, we put it on Zoom and everybody joined the meeting room and just watched like somebody share the screen and people were screaming and hooting and hollering, right? I mean, it's that was definitely part of the design too. Like the kind of the idea that, hey, this. This is a supposed to be skill based, right? So it's an like esports potential really only comes with skill based games, right? And uh, I know that some of those games are still skill based to some degree, but it's not not quite the same, right? And uh, and the kind of the streamability was also definitely part of um, part of the design. So we are again we're working on um, probably not going to make it like in the next release or two, but we'll pretty soon have uh, have kind of the ability to replace and and all that kind of stuff um, from uh, from your client. And um, yeah, to your point, we are saying like, oh, there's got to be teams. Um, we have, we already have kind of the ability to join as a party, right? Like, so we have the a lobby system where you can go with, with your three friends, and there's four of you, and you guys, and we find you an opponent, another group of four, four people. So um, yeah, it's um, again, this is all this stuff that I'm so excited about. Like, hopefully, soon having this out in the wild and having people uh, people play it because I'm I'm. I want to play against people that are not part of the company. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Tired, tired of beating up on them, I can tell already. <laughs> I, that does bring me to the flip side of that, though. Do you think that concept scares away single players? Like, if, if they don't maybe have friends that are playing this game, does it just randomly pair them up with three other people? Do they have to go find another team? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a kind of like a looking for a group kind of function, right? If you're saying, like, hey, I just want to play, just then they'll find you, they'll pair you up with players once it's full once you have four then we're looking for four opponents um again that will all get refined over time where we are hopefully going to be uh have enough players in the future where we can say like somebody say like hey i really want to play quarterback like is there anybody out there that's looking for one and then kind of pair you up with the right people there um but for now as we're going into kind of like an early access mode uh it'll probably be um they'll probably be just like show up and, and anybody who shows up will, will play and um again i it, the game is designed to be very easy to like easy to kind of start. I mean, you played it right first time and you you had fun, right? You could play. So there's a lot of kind of strategy and kind of like learning that can happen over time. But but as far as accessibility, we think it's pretty easy, right? To kind of just hop in and play and have a little fun, 15 minutes. And yeah, then... I, I think it's a game that anyone could jump in. You could explain it. You know, it took maybe a, a few plays to understand the different mechanics. And part of it was I had to like unlearn what I've learned from Madden in some ways. So probably a gamer that isn't into football games might even have an easier time just not having to think through, okay, this is how I used to play these types of games. Yeah, no, that, that might absolutely be true, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, uh, players in the community, I want to get your opinion here. One of the things I've really noticed about NFT gaming and crypto, at least of, of right now, it seems really as a global audience out there, and especially, you know, it's taken off in, in places like the Philippines and other areas like that. But 
obviously football for the most part is US based. You know, there's a little bit of stuff that goes on in London here and there, yada, yada. But for the majority of audience, it's US. So how do you guys uh, appeal to gamers outside of the US? Have you had any interaction with them? Do you think it will be uh, able to break out or is this just for US players? Yeah, so very, very good question. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of 50-50 on that subject, right? So in, in terms of like, I, I'm bullish enough on the game we're making that I think will be like, will be the, well, one of the best kind of NFT games out there when it comes out, right? Like, because it's, it's fully built, it's playable, right? We're, we're still going to add a lot of stuff to it, but it's, it runs well and it's really fun. Um, so so I, I hope it'll be kind of interesting enough to attract uh, people who are not familiar with the sport. That said, though, I mean, I, we are also right, fully aware that there's people who are like, what the hell is football and how does this work, right? And why should I care? And, and to that point, kind of the value proposition I mentioned earlier about like, oh, this is Tom Brady, right? Or this is Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't really apply if you've never heard of them, right? So I, I do think that we will probably be like mostly US-based just in terms of like who is going to play the game. Uh, again, we've had some interactions with people um, in in Asia and in Southeast Asia, and um, there's definitely interest and people get what the kind of the, the concept and that it is good. And we just had a play this with a bunch of people um, who, again, had no idea how football works, but they, they still have fun. Like we explained to them how it goes and uh, and they, they had a good time. So um, I, I have hope there, um, especially in terms of like, right, because the investment component is still there, right? So you can just like, you can buy NFTs and get in early. Um, you can earn rewards along the way and so on. Plus it's free to play too, which is um, an interesting part of this. I mean, most kind of, <clears throat> most uh, Web3 games right now still require you to buy in in the beginning to, to play it all. Uh, in our case, you can just play for free. You do not need to own a single NFT. We supply you with um, a bunch of non-NFT players, so you can just play for the fun, right? Um, if you want to then kind of be more serious, uh, yes, you can you can purchase some NFTs either in the market or uh, in one of the drops if you're if you're around for, at that time. And um, yeah, then kind of like get in more, but um, at the core, you can go and just play for free and earn NFTs along the way from like with your kind of free to play roster, if you will. So that's something that I also think like should be appealing for people who like maybe don't not want to kind of lay out a thousand dollars or so just to, just to play in the place, right? Yeah. It, it will definitely be interesting to see, I think, how does the market, if if they're from different countries and end up playing this game because they're into crypto and NFTs and maybe it'll get people actually in, interested in football. I know I thought about, Growing up as a kid, I never played soccer. It was like that one odd sport that we just would never touch as a family until my brother-in-law eventually started playing FIFA with me. And that's really how I got into the game and even understood more of the rules besides like, okay, I know how, yes, it goes, ball goes in the net. Cool, you score. But besides that, I really didn't know a whole lot about soccer. So there's potential, I think, there for other countries maybe to even get interested into football based on something like this. You're giving me a great idea. I'm going to pitch this. The NFL is going to have to pay us. To like to popularize the sport. There you go. <laughs> the marketing expense. That's how we're gonna pitch it. I love it. Yes, another revenue stream. That's that's awesome. Oh, well, I, I want to get your thoughts on the onboarding process. You know, we've talked about. You know, I think the U.S. is is growing in NFTs, but it's still a little bit of a smaller player base for NFT gaming. And if this is gonna mostly focus US-based gamers, I feel like you guys are gonna really have to appeal to Web2 gamers. So what's your onboarding process like? How do you get someone from Web2, whether they've played NFL Blitz, Madden, whatever, or maybe nothing, and now they're here at your game, they know nothing about NFTs and crypto, go, what do you got? <laughs> That's really good, okay. So, well, the the approach, like I, like I said, for us is to kind of make it as frictionless and as mainstream as possible, right? And that it means for us to kind of 
not be in your face about it, right? You So I'll just walk you through the onboarding flow, right? We're going to be in, in a big kind of like PC marketplace. That's where we're going to start. And users are going to like download the game there. They're going to start. The one kind of friction point that we unfortunately have is that they have to have an account with us, right? So they need to, well, basically pop up a browser window where they go to a website, they have to make the account. But this will be like a web two type of account in the sense that you can do Google login, you can do Apple login, you can even do Facebook login if you if you still have that. <laughs> and um, and and then right like with that account that gets created, uh, the the wallet that we have, that custodian wallet, sits under that account, right? So and then as you go back to the game, you log in with the credentials, and the game will just read that wallet information from your Super Team account, right? And then you just play the game, and for the most part. It's going to be like any other game you've played on that platform, right? Again, you, you start up, again, you start up for free. Um, again, we, we're putting these non-NFT players into your account uh, at the start, and then you can just play the game. And if you like it, that's right. You, you, you play uh, on your PC and you get to like the marketplace thing, and then we pop up a browser window um, where you can then see the marketplace and can buy stuff there. So that's the only bit of kind of like friction that we have there. Um, but but for like kind of the user experience, for the most part, it's going to be, not all that different from what, but again, what Web two gamers have done for a long time, right? So again, we we hope that it's um, that we've done a, a really good job at kind of making it easy and not scaring people off. And we are aware that we're kind of in a tricky position with so many gamers being so anti NFT, which I still read really on. I mean, I understand why what they're saying, but it doesn't make any sense to me. So, anyways, so I'll, um, I understand that we kind of have to convince people there, but that's why we're leading with the game. Right? We're leading with a game in terms of like, hey, like this is a game first. Like we are game makers who like NFTs, not crypto guys who try and build a game. Right. So that's that's how we kind of positioned us to. And we started with the game and, and we kind of were looking for a way to like integrate kind of blockchain technology in a way that makes sense for the users, um, but kind of doesn't really significantly like it opens up opportunities for us to make the game cooler rather than kind of restrict the uh, like restrict the our ability to make the game fun, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. It's a great concept, right? Make a game that they want to play and then introduce to them crypto and NFTs. And I think you even mentioned earlier that there's the ability to buy with credit card, which makes it super easy with for Web2 people. That's something that's super, you know, everyone has that nowadays, right? You don't have to go set up a different wallet for that. You just already have that. And so it sounds like it's really easy to get into the game as a Web2 gamer. Is there some point that you stop them and say, hey, here's a video tutorial on like this thing is an NFT or like how do you start to explain those things to them? Okay, that's a really good point. I'll say like as of right now, we we don't have that, right? It's, it's more that just like, and at no point, I mean, other than the terms of service and all that stuff, we don't, it's not like we kind of pop a thing like, warning, warning, this is an NFT, right? It's so like you go to the marketplace, you buy a thing and then, the only thing that changes, you can also sell it, right? And uh, again, later we again, we, there's going to be probably like a few months. Uh, we'll allow you to then bridge out your NFTs to kind of um, other chains, with, which is not going to be available at launch. I have to point out, but um, but that's definitely in the works. Um, and we'll message that when when those features come online. But for right now, I mean, really, it's just like oh, you can just sell it, and it's really right. I mean, in if you've played FIFA Ultimate Team or Madden Ultimate Team, or that already. Is all exists, right? You you buy your packs, you get your players, and you can sell them on the marketplace. It's really really no different, except this time you can make real money instead of fake money, right? Um, so, I like that real money instead of fake money. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's one of those things. I mean, again, and just from operating our baseball game in the past, there was a 
kind of thriving black market of people selling their accounts, right? And I mean, people, the users have been telling us basically through their actions for years that they want to be able to sell their goods, right? That's already, that's been happening in all kind of hardcore games, right? I mean, I know, like, well, the gold farming was a thing in, in World of Warcraft for a reason, because people, there was a market for people wanting to buy these things, right? and, and it was really complicated and, like, shady to then actually, you know, do it. And I know if you played Diablo, where people would, like, make deals where they would, like, one would drop the item and the other one would snatch it. It was all wild, and now it's all going to be above board, right? I mean, we're, again, we are, we're going with a very big license. What we are building is, is really compliant, right, in, in the sense that, like, we, we got, uh, if you try to pull money out, we're going to have to KYC you. That's just how it goes. Um, but it'll be like fully legal and you don't have to worry about like kind of anybody coming after you uh, for your for your earnings from uh, from uh, Super Team uh, STG Football. So, um, so yeah, we, again, we were trying to make it as legit and as easy for everyone as possible. Right? Sounds great. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge pivot point for these NFT games is if we can actually get players in, in easy ways from Web2 Instead of just, I feel like what we're doing now is pulling Web3 to Web3 game and they're just bouncing around. But if we can make those onboards processes really easy, which it sounds like you guys are doing. So I really appreciate that. I think that's going to be a big success factor for you guys. And you've explained the NFT part of that. Maybe now this would be a good time to jump into the token part of that. I know you've chatted to me in the, in the chat before, but uh, for our audience, is there a crypto token in game? Like, how do you explain that to players or do you have a different system going on? Right. So, um, so yeah. So we're working on a token, which is kind of slated for. Um, well, we already we're at uh, in September, so it's probably uh, going to be uh, Q1 next year. But um, yeah. So, so we're working on a token, and um, the idea for it is to kind of be supplemental to the game experience and not at the core of it. Right. So you're not going to be doing just like random tasks and getting token every day. You can earn tokens in the game, but it'll be very selective kind of like ways in which you can do it. So. What, what I will say, people should not kind of play a game with the expectation to like earn ten dollars worth of tokens every day, right? And those those systems don't hold up, right? I'll, I'll put that out there too. I think that's well established at this point. Um, but what we do want to kind of, I mean, we absolutely want to have the ability for our users um, to kind of be part of the ecosystem and 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 kind of benefit from that. And as we like, hopefully build more games, you know, that kind of use uh, like are in the same marketplace and use uh, use the same token as well, kind of the the, the demand would hopefully go up kind of like in multiples, right? And also as we bring on um, additional platforms over time, right? Which is another one. We we are very confident that um, the uh, the PC is just our first platform that we go on other platforms later, right? Um, so so we want to do that and kind of conceptually, the stuff we're thinking about right now, um, the, the benefits that we get, I mean, there'll be some staking rewards um, that I think is part for the course. There'll be a whole bunch of kind of, uh, access to certain items unlocked by holding uh, the token. There'll be certain items they can only buy with the token. There'll be a whole bunch of stuff around franchise and competitive play, which I will not go into too much. Just go read the white paper, right? Um, but uh, we we have uh, what I think is a really, really cool kind of designs around franchises where you kind of, you and other users can like play together and compete in tournaments to earn like unique NFTs and tokens, which I think is really compelling and will be super fun. Um, and it's very similar to kind of mechanics or uh, competitive kind of gameplay styles that we've uh, had in our past games that have worked really, really well, right? So we think we think we know how how these things are supposed to work, and we think we can just build it and and make it good, right? Um, 
So yeah, so again, there's going to be a token. We're trying to be, uh, probably this is the most part we've ever said publicly about it. Um, so yeah, so again, we, we're working on it um, and uh, it'll, it'll be there. It's just uh, not going to be uh, probably in the next few months. It'll be like early next year. I, I think you also mentioned in the chat that there's also going to be an in-game currency that's not crypto, right? It's just native in-game. Yes, yeah, so um, there's, there's going to be kind of what we call hard and soft currencies, which if you played any mobile game, they usually have that, right? They have some currency that you get all the time, which is like not super valuable. And then you have some special thing that you usually have to buy that is uh, that is more valuable. So it's a soft currency and hard currency. Um, there's a few reasons for that. A, we have a lot of experience tuning those ecosystems, right? And you, and again, it, it removes the risk for, uh, for us that a tanking token will kind of ruin the entire economy and ruin the game, right? As you, have seen so many times. Um, the other thing is, again, we are, we're going to be on a big marketplace, right? And there's a bunch of regulations around which kind of transactions can happen on those marketplaces. And uh, they're pretty apprehensive on crypto for the most part, mainly because of all the legal ramifications that come with handling these transactions, right? And so we basically have a core game that works with NFTs, a variety of NFTs, and you can level up and improve those NFTs with all the kind of free-to-play mechanics, but there is no kind of like purchasable crypto component as part of the core economy. We kind of have like a parallel economy around it with like the NFTs and the token coming online. Got it. Yeah, that that's really helpful you explaining that. And I think it's kind of a cool thing. It sounds like a lot of that is coming from the basis of your past experiences with mobile gaming and, and creating a mobile game with, as you described, a soft and a hard currency. A lot of these NFT games are trying to implement, but maybe don't have that background experience that you guys have on the team. Yeah, that's an interesting, right? I mean, the, the two token system, it's not really all that dissimilar, right? From like the a two currency economy that like usually most games start with. They've gotten way, way more complicated over time, like especially like RPGs and stuff have like dozens of currencies these days. But um, at the at the core, right, most of it's like you have hard and soft currency. That's like the basis for, for, for everything. Um, but yeah, again, like the, the, the one thing that you really, at least, again, design these economies that you want to do, you want to create flow, like of like move currency through the system. That actually goes for token economies, just like regular ones or real life economies, right? Um, but, um, but, but yeah, if, if you just start giving out a lot of currency just for being engaged in the game, like most games want to do, right? Because they want to incentivize you to play a lot, so then you have stuff that you can then buy. It's, it gets really problematic if there's a real dollar value attached to the stuff we give you every day, right? And again, I want to belabor that point, but yeah, if we give you $20 every day, you're probably going to pull those $20 out unless we give you a clear promise of like, no, just put these $20 back in and we'll give you 40 next week. Again, that is not sustainable, right? And all these kind of economies, if they are designed that way, tend to crumble. Um, and, and I do think you see that a lot, right? I mean, I, I would be surprised if we would like, if in the next year or so we still see games like with like floating uh, tokens at the core of the economy that just earn every day just for showing up like that, I don't think that's going to be. So what you're saying is you're not going to be a play to earn game where I can put as little as possible, Jerome, and become a millionaire because that's that's what I'm looking for. That's, okay, it's not. Gonna be <laughs> but I do want to say like again, the people are throwing out around new terms right from like play to own or what have you, and 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 I do think like again. We want to incentivize or kind of give users a path to kind of play the game, have a good time, and and as they progress in the game, create value, right? It just it just can't be 
as as like brute force as like here ten dollars ten dollars ten dollars right it's it's going to be more like hey we you have this player that player is probably going to be more valuable when you level him up all the way right because he's going to be more appealing so then play the game do a bunch of stuff to level up the player right and so that's not um that hard um or like battle pass features right which is something that we're definitely going to build i mean that's going to be unique um, unique nfts you can earn there along the way um and then again around the competitive stuff that we're doing with the franchises that's going to be like a lot of kind of like 10 out of 10 special nfts or what have you that you kind of for winning tournaments right kind of the way i mean you win prizes for winning tournaments of course um so and and we think there's this great opportunities to kind of like give uh, the users stuff they really want to have in the game but that also has some unique value and kind of due to the scarcity of it, because I know we only make 10 of those, um, should, should have like solid retail value. So um, resell value. So yeah, again, we don't, we will not go in like full, uh, yeah, full like, hey, I just show up, don't do much and, and get crypto every day. That's that's not how we work. Again, we started from the game and tried to enhance the game experience with, with NFTs. Right. Yeah, no, I, that's a great philosophy. I was just giving a, a giving you a hard time there, but I, I definitely agree with that because I think as the more and more people I've talked to that are making these new games, these new NFT games, they are trying to more and more move away from that play to earn narrative to those things that you've said, play and earn, play and own, just NFT gaming in general, because it should be about the game first, giving players good experiences, and then those special things. Can't, that you can create with the battle pass or other experiences that might create some value later on if you want to extract that, but your first goal shouldn't become, hey, come to my game so you can make money, right? That's just not gonna last as you're saying. So yeah, I, I, I think what you guys are saying is really wise. I, I love that philosophy there. I love that narrative and the things that you guys are creating. Uh, so lastly, I just kind of want to ask you about, uh, is there anything upcoming that, that our viewers and audience should be excited about? Anything that they should know? Uh, when, they, when can they start playing this game? Oh, that's a that's a really really good question. So um, we haven't announced the the official date of when you're going to be able to play the game, but it's going to be really really soon. Like I don't know when this is going to go live, but probably like five to six to seven weeks from whenever this is going to go live, you're going to be able to to play our game on a on a major platform, which is obviously something we're really excited about. Um, in the meantime, uh, if you want to find out more, uh, I'll, I'll plug our website. You can go to stgfootball.com. And, and kind of watch watch some tra trailers. Uh, you can join our Discord there as well, and you can make an account so that you're ready to kind of buy stuff in the marketplace if you want to, or or just play the game, right? Because you'll still need the account just to uh, just to play. And um, but yeah, it's again, it's all happening really really soon. That's uh, something I can tell you. And if they want to find out more, you just mentioned their website. Is there other places they should join in? Twitter, Discord, Telegram. Where would you point them to? Yeah, um, I mean, we we have a we have a Twitter. Um, our Discord is is live again. All the links are on there. We have medium articles. Uh, we have videos. We have a white paper. Up. Um, we 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 get all the stuff. Um, but 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 I do think again, yeah, we we just showed a, a gameplay video for the first time. Um, I think it's just going to be really exciting when people get to play it. Like and, and be, because like you said, right? Like it's a little different. And like, you know, you look at it and you're like, hey, what is actually like, you know, because you're used to just having a single camera of like, well, this is how the game works. Well, no, there's eight people playing. So we have eight different cameras with like slightly different, that show you slightly different stuff. And uh, it takes like five or 10 minutes to be like, oh yeah. And then and then people get it, right? And that's, we've seen it over and over again when people play it for the first time. Um, also because it's so fast, right? That's the other thing too. We haven't spoken about that. Like the game, it's nonstop. It's an online game. It's nonstop. And you're not, you're not used to that from, from sports games for the most part, right? They tend to just like go to 
lumbering, slower pace, pretty much all of them, with a lot of interruptions. Um, so yeah, so again, it's really um, it's really fast, and uh, I just want people to play it. I just again, I just I can't wait to get trash talked to by, uh, <laughs> by people uh, all over the world, uh, and yeah, to play the game. And I don't, if people like you know, um, if people love it, it'll be amazing. Um, if some people say like oh, you know it's different and I like it, that's fine too. Like, but we. We play it every day, and we're so like I'm still excited every single day when I get to play, right? And that's like I, I feel very good about it. Yeah. Well, speaking of trash talk, maybe we'll need to get a Balthazar versus the STG team game going that or something be, like that. I, I don't feel be, confident because my team's from Norway and they don't know anything about football. Maybe the Australian people would know a little bit more. At least they have rugby. I don't know, but I, I feel like we. Oh, I'd be a little bit scared. That'd be uh, that, that'd be really fun. Yeah. Again, like when, whenever we get like have the team a against team b like um uh, kind of the, the competitive juices flowing it's it's when it's best yeah awesome well congrats to your team looking forward to getting another taste of the game and seeing more from you guys so thanks for joining here today jerome and we'll see you and keep track of the game as you guys progress awesome thanks Luke. well thank you jerome for taking the time to interview and i really enjoyed it all i hope all of our listeners go check out stg football Remember to also check out Balthazar as we build out products to help out NFT gamers, game designers, and investors make the best of this NFT gaming space. If you're watching this interview on YouTube, I'll see you at one of these videos around me. And if you're listening in on one of our podcast platforms, stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you, gracias, Salamat, for tuning in.